Hey, hey, hey! Is this thing on? Does this thing work? Yes, it does! What's up? Namaste, dear Facebook family, dear YouTube replay. I uh, just wanted to say, what's up? I had a very deep calling to do this transmission out of necessity based on <clears throat> all of the huh, how do I describe it the drama that's been happening over the last week holy crap it's been a week almost tomorrow it's a week tomorrow <clears throat> and you just notice <laughs> what has gone on in the recording of this this is a week after the election in which we now still have uh, huge resentment huge question marks huge um, ha, I don't even know drama there's still drama going on one week after the fact it's funny because we knew what was gonna happen um, you know, if you were following along, you could pretty much predict that it was either going to be a Trump victory or there would be, you know, he already planned on, uh, on like, it's either a victory or it was going to be an investigation, regardless, which is, I find very interesting. I'm just an observer. I'm laughing. I'm, I'm seeing it as theater. Okay. This is, this is you know the the moral of the story that I'm I'm really helping promote the idea of watching it as a theater and it yes this comes from a very privileged place I completely understand that because the the argument against me saying that is that oh you it must be nice you have the privilege to be able to say that yes okay great hundred percent from my my position I can see it as a theater and I encourage you regardless of where you sit right or left what I'm about to share with you is 100 percent with the intent and the outcome of unity of peace of creating families that are healed that's all every one of my trainings every one of my um, uh, transmissions every one of my group trainings everything that I'm teaching and training my uh, community is all about healing and the biggest obstacle to our healing is ourselves we think that it's you know genetics we think that it's you know the type of doctor or Medicare system that we have but after 20 years of helping people uh, in in a from a clinical standpoint as a chiropractor I can tell you with absolute certainty that the biggest obstacle we have towards healing our bodies healing our uh, conditions our symptoms our sim syndromes the diagnoses that we've been given the number one obstacle to healing those things is ourselves which is what drew me to leave chiropractic so that I could actually teach people where health actually came from and as I was going upstream as I was going upstream in the process uh, in in teaching about health it's like oh people are coming in with stress related problems I just go a little upstream I just talk a little bit about stress and its impacts on the body when we are going through uh, resistance to the flow of life 
when we are what is stress stress is resistance to the flow of life if i am moving with resistance to the flow of life in other words life has presented me with something a lawsuit uh, a car accident uh, whatever and i am or a virus a coronavirus pandemic and it's throwing that in my face my resistance to it will determine my health and well-being it's that simple this is the this is the only conversation that i'm interested in having it's from that lens so if, if i can regardless of what your politics are if i can encourage you to just put on the lens of health and healing because that's all i'm i'm not here to make somebody right or another person wrong the only lens that i am concerned about is your health well first of all my health my health my well-being so let's just say it i'm completely saying from a completely narcissistic standpoint here it's all about me my health and my well-being is my number one um uh purpose on this planet my healing my well-being why why is that so important well come here can you come here for a second why is my health and well-being such a priority well i'll tell you why because my health and my well-being will hold on let's just see i just want you to see him my health and well-being determines how this little dude does and my health and well-being <laughs> she doesn't like being on camera she's just like me <laughs> she's just like me she's shy about being on camera my health and my well-being directly impacts my relationship with my wife and my relationship with my wife and the energy between us and the attachment between us directly impacts my son okay so i take my health my well-being and by that i mean my emotional my 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 spiritual my emotional well-being because they feel that too it's not just about <clears throat> me not having an illness it's about me actually feeling alive and playful in my body see those two benefit from a healthy version of me so my emotional health and well-being become a number one priority so because i'm a researcher because i'm a clinician because i'm a teacher because i'm a student i'm looking for the lenses that expand my health and well-being and so as i just went upstream and i learned about stress and its impacts on my body then i start asking the question because i see patients coming in what's really causing the the, the what's really causing the health to turn to shit why is health falling apart i would ask my patients what's going on what's happening in your life and they would all say um you know like my health it's been 6 months that i've had this problem with my digestion it's been 2 years since i've been grinding my teeth and having these tension headaches and then i of course guess what question i asked them what happened in your life 2 years ago what happened in your life 6 months ago when all of this began guess what they would say 9 times out of 10 oh, i don't want to talk about it or oh that's when i went through my separation that's when i went through my divorce i just went through a really rough time in this patch where um there was a relationship breakdown and sometimes that relationship breakdown wasn't with a love love relationship it was with a sister it was with a friend there was a friend breakup and there's something that happened and i realized as a clinician something that happened with the neurophysiology of my patients 
after the rupture of a relationship when there was the cables the attachments i want you to imagine relationships as two people with two invisible attachments in their cables and when there's a rupture there then you're not fully okay and the problem is is that we all experience that that's not new if I'm telling you something you can always look back in your life and say oh yeah I remember after this breakup or that breakdown of a friendship where it ended so suddenly so dramatically or there was a separation or maybe you're going through one right now you're in limbo you're in like a limbo state that's even worse because you're like oh you're scared to move on you don't want to make a decision you want to regret and that that's psychic phenomenon that uh, fracture from the self that soul fracture is really what I call it is the birth of health issues is the birth of um, mental and physical breakdowns stress related manifestations in the in the physiology which then come and present themselves in my clinical practice and I'm like ah slowly over over the years over after 10 years I was starting to get tired of just dealing with that and I just wanted to tell people what I've just been discovering in my own journey because as we look at stress and then we go upstream and see the real problem with stress it's not it's it's relationship breakdowns and so when I started discovering this at the same time I was going through a divorce and I just started thinking, wouldn't it be great to go deeper with my patients and not have to see so many in a day and just see fewer and, and go deep with them? And so 10 years ago, I was like, yeah. So I, I put that vision out that that's what I'm doing. And fast forward, here we are. And now I get to lead a global community of self-healers who have discovered and ha can recognize that their lives, their health, their well-being can't really function properly unless they've closed the loops of their relationships their early attachment traumas their early attachment wounds are spilling all into their day-to-day -day and impacting their relationships impacting their career their sense of purpose I don't know who I am their the way they show up in interpersonal relationships being like pleasers constantly pleasing other people in codependency or um, turning like being like here's the very common one being really powerful in your business and having your shit together being multi-millionaire I don't even care like like decamillionaires but then they just don't seem to have this relationship thing down rich in business strong powerful but then something happens to you where you go into a relationship and you become someone else let me know if you can relate to this write down I can relate this is a sign that there's an incomplete unresolved attachment wound and without actually addressing it we are going from relationship to relationship thinking hey I'm great on paper why don't I have that right person being able to do amazing things at work, but then not have a relationship where you actually feel safe with a partner, where you feel like you trust one another, where you feel like you can go to each other for all the great things and the shitty things and just lean on one another. And a secure attachment is incredible. I have to tell you why it's so important. Because I don't care how successful you are. 
without a secure attachment at home, if you have a secure attachment where you're not in this codependent neediness, the other person isn't pushing you away, the other person isn't so needy, and you're able to communicate with each other and have you know, fun together and fun apart and be able to have both like effortlessly weaving into one another, your business 10Xs because you now feel safer to go out and, you know, put yourself out there because you, in order for you to really expand your offering and your gift to the world, you must have the courage to put yourself out there. If you have a, an open loop at home or something that just, there isn't that stable home base, you don't have that same amount of courage. You know, imagine how much more, as great as you're doing, imagine how much better you're going to be doing when you have that security at home within yourself, really. That's really what it all comes down to. So <clears throat> the benchmark that I asked in the Facebook group was, be honest, how are your relationships post-COVID? Because when you have secure attachments, when you have a, a, a challenge that's coming up, like the challenges that present themselves with COVID, which are dividing humanity, you know, this boom, it's now coming in and you're seeing it. You're either on this side of the fence or that side, the way you're handling COVID, your beliefs about COVID, all of that stuff. And so without really creating a security within yourself, you have a, you have a high likelihood for this whole epidemic and the dramas and the politics and the everything that comes around it for it either to make you guys stronger or divide you. What has it been for you? Let me know in the comments section. What has it been? What has been your experience like in your love partnerships, in your family dynamics? Because when you really see what this, this whole thing is really about, then you realize that the people that you're pointing fingers at as monsters or the people that you're judging, the person that you're really resenting the most, the energy that you go into resenting is really coming from a wound. It's not actually what's happening right now. This coronavirus thing, this political thing, this I don't feel safe expressing myself around this person because they express themselves uh, and their views, well then, what you can't see, the problem is you can't see, what you can't see is during this, when you're dysregulated, you see enemies out of people rather than being able to actually create safety within. We become dependent on the other person creating safety inside of us. These experiences with coronavirus expose our already conditioned lack of safety within us. When it happens, our egos, our stress response ego comes out that's trying to protect us and we start to see separation and we lose sight of the fact that we are all just trying to create safety in our bodies. We are all responding to anxiety. And because humans are, it, human beings are annoying, if I haven't worked on my own annoying parts, if I haven't integrated those, if I haven't healed my own attachment traumas, and, and I've taken care of those younger parts of myself that have been 
lost a long time ago and betrayed a long time ago and had uh, somebody trying to control a long time ago, somebody trying to be a tyrant to me a long time ago, those things that are still in my body, I'm not aware that everything that I'm seeing all around me is just a transference of all of that. And then I project it and I blame all these other people because I don't feel safe in my body. I got to go get some guns and I got to protect myself because I'm under attack. And nobody's attacking you. Nobody is out to get you. Nobody is coming after you. It might feel that way and seem that way. And you can see both sides injustice being passed to the other side and everything that you hear from one side is the other is the same on the other side and it, it, this is happening wherever whether it's a political debate whether it's a conflict in your relationship whether it's in you're in relationship limbo you're about to get a divorce or something and you don't I don't you know you're that person is your enemy and what you're doing is you now feel victimized by this this other person. And so you're going to come back out and you're going to be their perpetrator. And then you're going to come out at, at them and you're going to project onto them. And then you're going to become their perpetrator. They're the victim now. And both cycles go from victim to perpetrator, each one looking for a hero outside of us. This is the mechanism of conflict. The problem is when you're deep in it, in the drama, in the theater of it, you can't see it because you're possessed by it. And this has been a function of the, what's going on inside your nervous system. And this, we are constantly looking for somebody outside of us to solve it, whether you're in relationship limbo and you're saying, oh my gosh, like my ex or the person, he's coming after me or he's the perpetrator or she's, she's out, out to get me. You know, and I certainly have, have played that part. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, wow, I, it's so interesting how quickly I will jump to victimhood. And then I will come back and re-perpetrate and there continues the cycle. And there's no solving it from there. There's no solving it from there. How do you solve it? Well, Instead of projecting outwards, it's wiser to ask this question, okay? And I'm, gonna, I'm about to do a group call with my community, and we're actually going to go over this exact exercise. And I'm going to share it with you right now is the person in your relationship, if your relationships are starting to fall apart during this coronavirus pandemic and you're playing victim to the other person, you're not alone, all right? That's a pattern. It's something that happens whenever we get triggered. You don't have control over it. It's something that automatically happens because we don't have a safety in our body. So instead of looking for the hero outside of us, what I'm saying is to start looking inside and creating that. How do you do that? Well, you start by asking, what is the trait that I resent in that other person? I want to thank John Martini for teaching me the law of transparency is that any trait that I observe in another person is something within me. And John Martini wasn't the first person to come up with that, but he put it together into his methodology. A lot of Carl Jung in that uh, is that anything that irritates us about somebody else is something within ourselves. So before you jump in and judge and say, I'm out, what you want to do is first pause and use the trigger as an opportunity to look at yourself. Now, your ego won't want to do that because your ego will want to be right. But 
everybody in conflict, everybody in war time, everybody when it when it's coming it down to conflict is fighting for their need to be right. And then look at all the wars that we're having. I want you to expand your view to this view that there's always going to be two sides to the story and your job is to be able to see yourself in both sides. How do you do that? Will you ask yourself what is it about the other person that I'm resenting? And they'll say, oh, that person, that, that, that side, this is when we get into identity politics. Oh, those people, they're entitled. Those people are greedy. Those people are racist. Those people are whatever. And what I want you to do is, as soon as you point that finger and you have the trait that you despise in that other person, I want you to write it down. Greedy, selfish, arrogant, uh, racist, uh, perpetrator, uh, hate-filled. Okay, great. Write that out. And then I want you to just realize that you have now met your shadow. That is your disowned part. You're a hate-filled, racist. Yes, I'm talking to you. Yes, you're racist. Especially you who's going, calling Donald Trump a racist. I know that you're a racist as well. There's a part of you that has made racist jokes. There's a part of you that feels guilty because they feel a certain way about other people's colors. You might have made a little comment about uh, uh, Chinese drivers. I have. <gasps> I just did it a couple weeks ago, and I just, ah, I said it. It was highly racist, and I turned to my wife and said it. She looks at me. She starts laughing, and I'm like, I'm a fucking racist. I own it. I own it, especially when I'm angry. If I'm angry and you're of a different race, even if you're Persian, same race as me, I'm going to go, you fucking Persian, da-da-da-da-da, because I'm racist against my own people too. <laughs> what I'm saying is that we all have those parts of us. We're human beings. We all have it. Per by the way, Persians, East Indians are the some of the biggest racists I've met. <laughs> and gay people are some of the biggest homophobes I've ever met. One of my, my roommate in a... In a um, uh, the school of the work in Germany I, I went to a couple years ago. He's gay, and we had this conversation about that. I was like, okay, this is the first time I, you know, I had to tell him how uncomfortable I was just to kind of call it out because we were at a personal growth seminar talking about getting authentic. I said, if I could be authentic, it's making me a little uncomfortable. I've never had this. I've never been in this situation. My mind's going all these, you know. So we had it. it it's spurred an amazing conversation and he he confessed he goes well gay people are probably the biggest homophobes is it because we all we hate parts of ourselves so we see it in other people so what i invite you to do in your with your relationship challenges you know in, in this in this time when you're wondering in this coronavirus where literally everything's divided maybe in your household maybe in your family dynamic maybe in your in-laws you have that brother-in-law who's the conspiracy theorist or the the sister-in-law who's the liberal whatever finger you're pointing and going those people and you're identifying with it i want you to ask yourself what trait about them do you hate them you've been listening to the trigger proof podcast designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world, which is nervous system regulation. Becoming trigger-proof doesn't mean trigger-less. It means learning how to regulate ourselves 
to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds. Anytime there's reactivity, there's a wound. And if you're curious and inspired to learn more, join us at Breathwork and Badassery or the Overview Experience and a combination of both actually helps you do the work. There's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with you, but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time. The most. Be honest. Go ahead and write it down in there, right? Uh, exactly, Jacqueline. Thanks for being honest about that. Melissa, M Melissa da Silva, she's Portuguese. They're racist fucks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> See what I just said? Melissa and I are pals, so she totally could, could totally, we go back and forth. I could totally go away, get away with that because we have that boundary. It wouldn't be, you know. <laughs> By now, you've either unsubscribed or you have, like, blocked me because I've completely triggered you. But, okay, that's fine. I, I just want to bring light to the fact of how human we all are. We all are that. And the more I'm – not, I'm not saying it's okay to go call, call people the N-word or whatever. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, we have all the parts within us. And if I don't know that I have that part or if I'm not okay with that part of me – then I'm going to project it out onto an identity, a group of people, and I'm going to point a finger. And this, the dangerous part of that is that what we don't understand is that we are looking at our own shadows. We are looking at parts of ourselves and we're despising and then we're attributing that to a group. And this is exactly how war happens. This is how war happens. And the only way that we can stop it, the war within the world within politics, Democrats, Republicans, liberals, conservatives, uh, you know, black, Hispanic, white, color, race. And then let's go into, the, into our own family dynamics with the mother, with the father, or the brother you haven't spoken to and all of that. And let's go even further. There's a common denominator here. There's a part of me that's at war with myself. When I take full responsibility of going and integrating and instead of going outward and projecting on a group of people, identifying the trait and going inside and finding that younger part of me that I hate and I'm projecting outwards, now we're opening the door to self-love. And when we open the door to self-love, then we can love all parts of others. Because we found the parts of ourselves that we have been hating, denying, repressing, shaming. And we don't even want to look at it, so we just hide. And then, But we can't hide. We see it all around us, and we see it in our opponents. And then we perpetuate the cycle of war. We perpetuate the cycle of drama. We, because we get to be right, and we get to kind of have a little bit of a, um, a break from looking at our own shadows we get to blame oh it feels so good to make those other people wrong <laughs> it makes so it feels so good to make those people responsible for my lack of safety 
Why? Well, because now I don't have to take responsibility. It's all their fault that I feel this way. Does that make sense? There's no growth in that. There's no healing in that. And if you don't get that integration part right, you will forever be seeking validation outside of you, seeking safety outside of you, going from one relationship dynamic to another, creating drama, creating volatility, and then wondering, should I stay or should I go? Because you're so enmeshed and codependent on the, the, the drama cycle. Ever wonder what it would be like, what life would be like if you didn't have to live that cycle and then had your own sense of power and then were able to create safety inside so you didn't see people as your opponents. You saw them as like wounded people who you could actually empathize with. You can have empathy towards them. Why? Why would you want that? Well, because I want you to be able to sleep at night, not feeling blah when you wake up in the morning under this heavy cloak of fucking resistance because you think the world is out to get you. But in truth, nobody's out to get you. Your mother's not out to get you. Your father isn't. Your brother, your son, your daughter. Nobody is out to get you. You're not a victim to this world. When you can wake up to that, you now get to be responsible and have a say. The problem is our victimhood doesn't want to take responsibility. Responsibility is the enemy of victimhood. Victimhood is so prevalent, is so alluring because we get to avoid responsibility and make other people responsible for making us feel safe. How's that working for you so far? Not good. Wasn't working out great for me either. Until I decided to take full responsibility, learn the skills of becoming trigger-proof, get into my heart, take off the mask, be able to be so certain about what I believed that whatever you believe, even if it's against me, I can understand and empathize with your side. I don't need you to agree with me for me to love you, for me to inv invite you to dinner. I don't need for you to have the same political, religious views. Uh, I don't need that for, for, for me to uh, feel safe. You and what you believe has no bearing on who I am and what gifts that I'm here to share with the world. When you get this right, you then answer the question, should I stay or should I go? Which is the prevailing question you want to ask. Most people are asking, especially during this COVID time, where they don't even know how their relationships are going. Their relationships aren't great. They've fallen victim to all of the stories and the drama, and they've lost touch with who they are, so they don't know the answer. Is this good to be in this relationship or not? Well, lucky for you, I have a training about that next week where I go through the steps that you need to go through to create that secure, attached relationship that has been tested during these times. How are you doing with it? It's kind of like every bullshit that you've been hiding, pretending, withholding. Now that you're in this close confinement with coronavirus, all of the truth is now bubbling to the surface. And it's not comfortable. And there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of reactivity. 
your skills of handling adversity are now showing themselves. What you've, what you've acquired over your lifetime of skills that you've invested in to handle adversity are showing, are showing themselves now. How are you doing? How is it showing? It shows up in relationships. Why? Well, because human beings are annoying. And we have really dark shadows. And if we don't know how to manage and integrate our own shadows, when other people's shadows or dark passengers shows up, we don't like them very much and we don't know how to handle ourselves. We don't know how to handle ourselves, so sure as shit, don't know how to handle our relationships and the ones who suffer the most are the kids because they learn how to handle conflict from you how do i know well that's where you learned how to handle conflict from your parents and my question to you is what was what was your role model like how adversity showed up how to handle their anxiety how to regulate their emotions intimacy communication how was it mine was not that great I love my parents, but it wasn't a great, uh, I, I didn't have great, like, mentors. They weren't like, they were my parents, they were my parents, but they weren't like mentors in emotional regulation, let's say. I don't know about you. What was yours like? It wasn't until I had one relationship breakdown after another, divorce, relationship breakdown after another, in limbo for th four years in my last relationship not knowing whether I should stay or I should go until I finally made some transitions and I learned how to create secure attachments. doesn't matter how, how successful I was in business, I could always delegate my lower priority shit that I was crappy at to other people. Accounting, I suck. Here, you do that. In relationships, I couldn't do that. I couldn't delegate my weaknesses. I was responsible for strengthening them like a muscle and they can be strengthened like a muscle. So I decided I wanted to educate other people because if as a healthcare provider, the stressful things that create illness in the body that patients come to see me with, if I trace it upstream, it has to do with relationships. And the relationship breakdowns all come because we haven't learned skills in emotional regulation, connecting to purpose, deepening intimacy, and um, and learning how to uh, empathize, learning empathy, <laughs> you know, we just don't learn how to do that. So this uh, this is a training that I have. I just put the link right in the comment section. Go ahead and register. Show up on the upcoming uh, masterclass. It's called Should I Stay or Should I Go? And I go through the five transition I went through and what we take our clients through that help people who are stuck there decide, okay, they have clarity, confidence, courage to reconnect or to part ways lovingly, to move on. By virtue of the work, the answer comes through you. Nobody will have to tell you. It's scary, yeah, but if you're willing to do the work, click on that link, register, have a pen handy, no distractions, and get ready to do the work. Hopefully that was um, that helped, that resonated with you. Please let me know what resonated with you on this training. Where did you see yourself there? And uh, you get to choose when this thing is over if you win or you lose when it comes to relationships. I don't care what a winner you are at work <clears throat> and have you, your shit down. 
what happens when you get into a relationship? Do you lose yourself and become a completely different person? There's gold in investigating that. We'll see you on the other side.